God made us wonderfully. Now, that's fun to say, I think, but I think it's also, we can say that and not appreciate it as much as we should sometimes. Yes, God made us all wonderfully, we, we know. We're his favorite creation. He made us in his image. But when you really stop to think about more than just skin and bones, what God really did to make us wonderfully, I think that's when we can truly start to grasp and appreciate what we have. Oh, sure, when God made the earth, he created it from nothing. First man, he created from dust. First woman, from just a rib. He didn't create me from dust. I'm not an original creation, if you will. Neither are you. But he still created us, certainly. Again, just skin and bones. But what about that promise that we have? What about that eternal soul that we have? Eternal is the wrong word. The everlasting life. That we have. See, Jesus is eternal. God's eternal. No beginning, no end. We have a beginning. But now our soul is everlasting. And like we've talked about here recently, that everlasting soul gives us two options now, doesn't it? Follow him and live eternally with him. Reject him. And live eternally without him. I know which way I choose to go. I know which way you choose to go. But when we think about that everlasting life, that everlasting spirit, that everlasting soul that we're so blessed with and so wonderfully made with. Let's look at what that really means. First, Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. And as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Even before we were born. In our mother's womb. So wonderfully complex. And when you really think about the skin and bones of the human body. It is most certainly complex. We got eyes to see, ears to hear. We can feel if someone touches us or slaps us, heat, cold, pain. We can taste. And sometimes that's a really good blessing. Because some of the food, man, I'd lost a little bit of weight before this summer. And then I went on vacation and came back to VBS and I put 10 pounds on. It's also good to be able to taste if something's too hot. If there's one thing we learned this past week, it's Rob Bays is kind of (laughs) evil. That's the hottest sausage bread I've ever had in my life and will ever have. Uh, If you didn't have Rob's hot sausage bread, don't. (laughs) It was actually very good and a lot of fun. Uh, Thank you for bringing that for us, Rob, to share this past week. Those are just our senses, our skin, our bones. When we really start thinking about how complex we are, 
we can start thinking about the emotions that we have. Our ability to follow Him. Our ability to trust in Him. Our ability to say thank you, Jesus, and mean it from our heart because we can love. Now, some of you animal lovers might debate about uh, if an animal can love, if a dog can love. Uh, Yeah, but that's a different kind of love than what humans can do. And there's no debating that. There really isn't. The kind of love that humans can have is reciprocating the unconditional love that God gave us when He sent His Son Jesus to die for you and for me so that our everlasting life can be with Him in heaven. Folks, that deserves an amen because that's what real love is all about. God made you to worship Him. We're going to look at some reasons why today. And what does worship even mean? I think everything that we're going to cover today could all be fit under this category of worship. Of how we can worship God. With all of our gadgets and gizmos, how we can worship God. But God made you for so many different reasons, but specifically to worship Him of your own free will. A choice. A choice that you have. Oh, sure, God could have said, I'm commanding you to worship and giving you no choice whatsoever. He could make us all hit our knees right now, make no mistake about it. But what has God done instead? He's given us the ability to choose. He wants us to worship Him because we choose to worship Him. He created us to do this, so now let's do it. What else, why else did God create you then? What else would fit into this category of created worship? Number one, God created you to trust Him. Now, this is one of those, the old adage, you gotta trust, you gotta trust the Lord. And we've talked about this before, and we'll talk about it again, because trust in our Lord is such an important, valuable thing. Trusting in our salvation through Jesus. Valuable. We've talked about that assurance recently. Trusting that God is who we think He is. The Creator and Sustainer of all things. Think about that. All things. Not just Hartford. Not just Hartford Christian Church. Not just our earth. But the entire universe and things beyond our wildest imagination. God is the Creator and the Sustainer of. To illustrate this point this week, we looked at John chapter 9. And specifically, uh, verses 13 through 41, talk about a blind man. A man that was born blind. And anybody that knew him knew this. But what did Jesus do? He healed him. He healed him. And the question's asked right off, why is he blind? Is it because of something he did? Some sin that he had in his life? Or was it because of the sin of his parents? And what did Jesus say? And this goes a lot about what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, too. What did Jesus say? Neither. Neither. This man's not blind because of his sin. But what did he say after that? He's blind because his life can now be an example. He can serve as someone that he's going to heal right now that's going to be able to go out and give his testimony about who Jesus Christ is to him. Now let me ask you, have you been blind in your life? Now, sure, maybe you could see with your eyes the physical body that is also wonderfully made. But what about spiritually? 
Can you see who Jesus is? Was there a time in your life when you couldn't? When you were blinded? Maybe by your own pride or your own sin or just not knowing yet about who the Lord was. Of course, Jesus heals this blind man. He spits in some dirt, makes some mud, puts it on his eyes. This is all part of the plan. Jesus didn't need to do that. He could have healed him without even saying a word. But he does this and uh, it allows the man to go and, and wash off in this pool and comes up, opens his eyes, he can see. What can we learn from this? What can we learn from this? He didn't even have to be able to see to believe. What about us? Do you have to see it to believe it? I've never seen Jesus with these two eyes. But I sure feel like I've seen him. I sure feel like I know him. And I sure feel like I want to know him more and more. Folks, we don't have to see it to believe it. And if you did have to see it to believe it, you probably wouldn't be here today. This blind man, though, his eyes are open. He gets called in uh, to talk to some of the Jewish leaders. And they say, what happened to you? Who was this man? Was he a sinner? Who was he? All he can say is, you know, I don't know. But what I can tell you is I was blind, but now I see. Folks, we've got to trust him. We can no longer live our lives spiritually blind. We can no longer live our lives being blinded by things that really don't matter. What does matter? Our everlasting life. That Lord's table that Bobby talked about. Our obedience to him. What doesn't matter? Man, the list can go on and on and on. What does matter? Us, as a congregation, as a body of believers, telling people about Jesus, reaching out, serving them, helping them, showing them the light. That matters through our actions, our attitudes, our obedience, our behaviors, our words. That matters. What doesn't matter? How hot it is outside. What shirt I have on today. Don't judge me. I'm proud of this shirt. I'm proud of it. It says Hartford Christian Gadgets and Gizmos. And that's a week that I'll never forget. Because why? We had an opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Folks, there's nothing more important. Did you see new faces on the stage today? When the kids came up? I did. Will we see new faces in the weeks to come? I'm praying we do. And I think that we will. Why? Because as a church family, we reached out. And we said, come on in. Be welcome here. Help us to trust him. Help us to show you how we trust him. Why? Because that's how God made us. So now the choice is yours. Will you trust him in your life? As you go forward from here, will you trust him? You don't have to see it to believe it because you can see it right here. We also know that God created us not only wonderfully, not only to trust him, but to follow Jesus. You can see here on the dry erase board. I love this thing, by the way. I love using the dry erase board. You can see these two uh, gears. Uh, This is also a gear, not a clock. 
up here. Now, the, we played a little game this week. And Jason and uh, Taya and Scott and who else? Huh? And Shane. Uh, all came up and they had a responsibility now. Okay, They're, They had to be able to. This board was turned around. You would have seen it in some of our pictures. And Scott and Jason had to tell them what to draw. They couldn't see what they were drawing. Couldn't see what they had. And the people that were drawing couldn't see the picture that Scott and Jason were holding. They just had to describe without saying it's a gear. They had to give directions. Move your marker one inch to the right. Move it one inch down. And come up with these gears. Those are, that's not too bad. But that's hard, isn't it? Think about that. That's hard. Not being able to see what someone else is doing. Not being able to tell. And this illustration was all meant to show that God made you to follow Jesus. He's given us instructions right here. And now we have to follow them. But folks, we're not following them blindly because we have help. Not only from each other, not only from the word, but from that Holy Spirit that lives in our hearts. Folks, we have got to follow Jesus all the way with everything that we do. It's not just a matter of following him until we believe. It's not a matter of following him until we get baptized and saved. It's a matter of following Jesus all the way. All the way home, if you will. This is what Nicodemus thought. The story in John chapter 3. One of the most famous interactions in the Bible. And oftentimes people forget that when Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. That happened when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. This Pharisee, this man that was on the council, this man who would befriend Jesus, who came to him at night because he didn't want anybody to know. And Jesus is going to say, hey, we're going to tell these people about the Lord in the day. We've got to tell people all day long. We've got to tell them that God loves you so much that he sent me to die for you. That's what Jesus is telling him here. He's giving him just a straightforward answer. You want to know? You want to know what you've got to do next in your life? You want to know how to follow me? You must be born again. Jesus tells him that in very many words, and he specifically says, you must be born again. Not y'all to. Not maybe somewhere on down the line you get to this. He says, you must be born again. Folks, I believe that Jesus is not only talking about baptism here. I believe that he is talking about a change of life. Talking, I think he's talking about not just a one-time little event where you believe for a split second. I believe that he's talking about being born again into a new way of life. You are no longer born a sinner, but now you are born someone who follows Jesus, follows his instructions, and is ready to go and serve. You see, because that's why God made us, isn't it? God made us to trust him. He made us wonderfully to trust him, to follow Jesus, and to serve others. That's part of what being a Christian is all about. And as I looked around this week and saw, uh, you know, a couple days, got to walk around a little bit, 
few other days, me and Eddie had the kids outside, and we got to watch the high school kids play kickball with the younger kids. And they did a really, really good job. It made our life easy, too. We got to sit there and just kind of observe. And as the groups came in and out, you know what I saw? I saw a bunch of people serving. God bless you for that. Do not underestimate how important what each and every one of you did was. Because I promise you it was. It was time and money and resources well spent. Even if it was just planting a seed. That's how I feel about it. To talk about serving others, we use the example of the Good Samaritan. We've talked about that story this past year in great detail. Who is my neighbor? That was the question that was asked. That's why Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan. This guy that's, that's going to help the, this, this man on the road that's been beaten. And what did Jesus say at the end of that? He said, who's your neighbor then? And they said, well, it was the Samaritan that helped him. And this is probably the most important thing he said. Then go and do likewise. Folks, we've got to be neighbors. Not just to each other, but especially to each other. Not just to the folks here on this side of Hartford, but especially to them. Not just to all the folks in Hartford, but especially to them. Not just to all of Ohio County, but especially to them. Not just to all the world that we can possibly reach, whether it's through our missions fund, through telling people about Jesus, through giving them a Bible, through our actions and our attitude, but especially to them. We've got to serve others. Another opportunity next week at our Ready Fest. Come and have a good attitude. Come and have a smile on your face. Show them why. Tell them why. Give an example of why we can have joy in our hearts every single day. The thing is, like I said before, positivity, optimism, it's catchy. Certainly, most certainly is. But we need to do this together. I can't do it by myself. I can smile all day long, and then I can go home and cry my eyes out because no one smiled back. But that's not how it's going to be, is it? We're going to smile together. We're going to have joy together. We're going to have optimism together. That's what we call teamwork. Like we talked about with the kids this week, what's going to work? Teamwork. We have a responsibility, folks, to trust him, to follow Jesus, and to serve others. Hartford Christian Church, I say we've got a great opportunity here. Let's take advantage of it. Let's capitalize on it. There are kids out there that don't know Jesus. And if you're here this week, you knew that. You saw that. I can't stand for that, can you? We've got work to do, guys. That's why God also not only created us to trust Him and to follow Him and to serve others, but to shine. We've got lights and we've got to shine them. It's like that that old song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Oh man, I hope that gets stuck in your head all day long. Folks, we've got a light and we've got to shine it. And we can do it. But we're going to have to work work at it together. We're going to have to have that teamwork. We've got a love of Jesus in our hearts that we've got to share with every opportunity that we possibly have. Matthew 5, 13 through 16, this is one portion of that. It says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now listen, I'm proud 
Whenever I hear someone say, hey, Hartford Christian Church did a good VBS last week. But folks, that's not why we do it. I, I really appreciate if someone says, hey, you know what, Mike, you did a good job at whatever. That makes me feel good. It builds me up. That encouragement, you know, I think it's priceless. But the fact is, that's not why we do it, is it? What does the scripture say? So that everyone will praise your heavenly father. We've got good deeds to do. We've got people to reach. We've got kids to tell about Jesus. We've got service projects. We've got to get better with trusting him. And we've most certainly got to follow him all the way. See, the fact is, church family, no matter how good we did, we've still got work to do. I say, let's make this the day. Let's do it today. Let's make this the day where we say, you know what? Anything else that's distracting me from what our responsibility as a Christian is, I'm putting it aside. No matter what it may be, in your own life, in our church life, with your family life, at work, whatever it may be, put it aside. And today, let's make today the day that we get our focus on and we say, let's reach them. Let's obey him and let's follow Jesus. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the opportunity that we have this week and every week to serve you. Help us to do that safely, Lord, trusting you and following you all the way. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to, to think uh, really hard about what we can do to serve others so that they may see your glory, so that they may see how awesome our Heavenly Father is. Lord, thank you so very, very much for sending your Son, Jesus, so that we can believe in him, that we can obey him, so that we can have that everlasting life with you. Lord, we love you, and in Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen.